chapter number 20. Now, just to lay out the timeline of where we're at in Revelation 20. The rapture of the church has already taken place. As a matter of fact, by the time we get to Revelation in chapter number 20, this is a thousand and seven years after the rapture of the church. Because seven years of tribulation has gone by. And uh, we will see, actually we'll see the millennial reign uh, in these verses, which will be a thousand years. If there's something happens in these verses the Lord spoke to our heart about this week. And uh, I wanted to deal with it in this morning's service. And uh, those of you that listen to the radio broadcast this morning, you already know what I'm dealing with. Uh, but I also want to try to mind the Lord today. I had a great week of meeting, didn't we? I come, in, I come in here, I'm going to be honest, so stirred up to preach that I couldn't hardly, I couldn't hardly wait to get here. And I'm preaching revival uh, three nights this week in, in, at the Leicester Baptist Church, and they're going to have to hold on after two solid weeks of meeting. Uh, I tell you, I may, I ain't going to tell you, but I'm excited to preach. Let's look at verse number one of uh, Revelation chapter 20. And the Bible said, I saw... An angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. He cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed for a season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witnesses of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years had expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Verse 10 is what I'm mostly interested in this morning. The Bible says, And the devil, that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you'd help us to preach this morning. God, you've really laid this on our heart today and we really want to do your will. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd convict the lost through the preaching. I pray that you'd comfort the saints. Lord, we know from what we have seen, 
uh, what we have read, what we understand, that a lot of this is wrapping up very rapidly. And God, if they're, they're going to make a move, they're going to have to do it. So I pray today be the day, Lord, they get born again. I pray to encourage the heart of the saint today, empower us to preach. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, here we see, of course, like I've already said, the rapture has happened. Uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb has taken place. We're going to cover some of that tonight. While we're in heaven in the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, this world's in great tribulation. Then the Lord comes back on the great day of the Lord. He sets up the millennial reign. And the Bible talks about it here, how that uh, we're going to be made priests and rulers and we'll be set up to rule and reign on this literal earth uh, for a thousand literal years. We'll deal with that here in just a little bit. Uh, but we're going to be set up to rule and reign here. But then after the, uh, the millennial reign is over, uh, we'll find here in our verse, verse number 10, uh, the end of Satan, the, the doom of the devil. And that's what I'd preach on a little while this morning. If the Lord will be our helper, I'm going to preach on the doom of the devil. Or uh, I might entitle it the devil's obituary. Uh, the devil's obituary. When I say that we live in uh, this day and age, and particularly as it comes up on Halloween, a lot of times uh, we make light of the devil. Uh, we've got him as a man, a little pitchfork, you know, and little horns, and uh, some of the kids will dress up and play like they're the devil. But I'm going to tell you something. The devil is not what uh, we have created him to be. And uh, he's a problem. And he's been a lot of trouble for the people of God and indeed the entire world. I'm glad I've read the end of the book. Amen, Brother Neil. And I know that the devil's got his end coming. Are you glad for that? I'm glad there's coming a day, thank God, when the Lord is going to put the devil in the lake of fire and it's going to be over and the devil is going to be done with. So I'm going to preach on that a little while this morning. I just try to, try to mind the Lord today. I, mean, I just want to think about, first of all, if the Lord be a helper, I don't think this morning about the descent of the devil. Where in the world did the devil come from to begin with? Well, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah. You turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter number 14 and verse number 12. That I will see where Satan fell from. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How thou art come down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I'll ascend into heaven. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll sit also upon the mount of the congregation, and in the sides of the north, I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I'll be like unto the Most High. Now we see another indication of where it came from in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 28. I'll just read some scripture right here. Ezekiel chapter number 28 and verse 13. The Bible says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy crowning, the sardis, topaz, the diamond, beryl, and onyx, jasper, and the sapphire, and the emerald, and the concubine, the gold, the workmanships of the tabrets, and of thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I've said, 
let me so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou wast walk up and down in the midst of stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee by the multitude of the merchandise. They have filled the midst of thee with violence and thy sin. Therefore, I'll cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and I'll destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Then let me give you one more verse. Luke chapter number 10 and in verse number 18, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So sometime prior to Genesis chapter number one, the devil was a cherub that covers. I believe he was probably the highest of the angels yonder in heaven. But what happened was the devil got caught up in pride. As a matter of fact, the original sin of mankind was pride. And you'll find that there in Isaiah 14 in those verses that I read you was all of those I will statements. The devil said, I will ascend to heaven. He said, I will exalt my throne. He said, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. He said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. He said, I will be like unto the most high. And so you see Satan and his sin and the reason he was cast out of heaven was he decided that he would be greater and bigger than God himself. That's the sin of Satan. Now I want to ask you something. Have you ever wondered about why it was if Satan believes the scriptures and he does, why it is that he couldn't just read the Bible and realize that all of these things that are going on are according to God's plan. They're according to the way God wants it to be and you'd think that he'd change his tactics. He'd read the scripture and he'd change his tactics. I'll tell you why he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that because of his pride. Somehow the devil, I believe, still believes to this day that somehow he's going to come out on top. I believe he still believes that at some last moment, Brother Allen, he's going to pull a trick. He's going to, uh, he's going to deceive the right one. He's going to take the right step. And somehow he's going to come out on top. But I've got news for the devil. Thank God. God's been ahead of him the whole time. He never has been able to he never has been able to figure out God. He thought he'd killed God on the cross of Calvary and all God was doing was redeeming mankind. Hey, but in his pride, he fell from heaven and the Bible said that he became the prince and the power of the air. And so we see the devil's descent. He came as an angel of light and he came to this world and he's ruled. He's been the He's been the prince and the power of the air of this world. And that is why we're in the mess we're in. Now watch this. Stay with me right here. Watch this. There's not only, there is not only the descent of the devil, but then there's the devil's deception or the devil's description. Notice his description. I'll give you, I'll give you several of these down through here, and I'm just going to preach on a couple of three of them. He's called Abandonon. That is the destroying, devil, the destroying angel in Revelation 9. He's called the angel of the bottomless pit in Revelation 9-11. He's called uh, the destroyer in Revelation 9, the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12. He's called the adversary in 1 Peter 5. He's called the angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11. 
He's called Beelzebub, that is the dung god or the ruler of the devils in Luke chapter 11. He's called Belial, which is worthlessness in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. He's called the crooked serpent in Isaiah chapter number 27. He's called the deceiver in Revelation 20, the devil in Matthew 4, the dragon in Revelation 12, the enemy in Matthew 13, the father of lies in John 8. He's called the god of this world in 2 Corinthians 4. He's called the great dragon in Revelation 12. He's called the great fire and red dragon or serpent in Revelation 12. He's called a liar in John 8. He's called the man of sin in 2 Thessalonians 2, a murderer in John 8. The old serpent in Revelation 12, the power of darkness in Colossians 1. He's the prince of devils in Matthew 12, the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2. He's the roaring lion in 1 Peter 5. He's the ruler of the prince of this world in John 12. He's Satan in Revelation 12 and 20. He's the serpent in Genesis 3 and 2 Corinthians 11. He's the son of perdition in 2 Thessalonians 2. He's the tempter in Matthew 4. He's the thief in John 10. And he's the wicked one in Matthew chapter number 13. That is the description of our enemy, the devil. Does anybody hate the devil? I hate the devil. I hate the devil. And I hear a boy preacher preach one time. He's preaching against the devil. And he said, I hate the devil. Well, a lady come up to him after the service said, Preacher, we're not supposed to hate anybody. You hadn't ought to hate the devil. I said, you ought to pray for the devil. He said, I ain't praying for the devil. I, I hate the devil. Amen. I want to take three of those descriptors real quick. Now, you say, wait a minute, we're going somewhere. I want to take those three descriptors real quick. First of all, he's the deceiver. That's what the Bible called him there in, uh, in uh, Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 10, our text verse. He's called the deceivers. And so Satan is the father of lies. Boy, the devil has deceived this world into doing a lot of crazy things. And I think about how the devil has deceived mankind into immorality. He's deceived people into thinking it ain't no big deal to commit sin. And boy, he's slick at it, isn't he? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's deceived. It's a deception. There's nothing real about it. There's nothing true about it. You think about all the immorality that you've been guilty of in your lifetime. There's some of you that I'm looking at this morning. You've been, uh, you've been guilty of fornication. You've been guilty of adultery. You've been guilty of uh, drug use. You've been guilty of all kinds of different things. Uh, I know it was you that did it, uh, and you're the responsible one, and you reap what you sow. I understand all that. But you see, the devil and his deception is at the root of all that. At some point, you thought it's a good idea because the devil talked you into it. Or at least his system did. He set up a system of lies. And so he's a deceiver. He's a, he's a liar. And he has been since the very beginning. He's a dirty, rotten, filthy liar. And that's the truth. He's a liar. And so he's the deceiver. He's talked to people in morality. He's deceived people into religion. Hey, did you know this morning across this country, hey, these people over there in the Roman Catholic Church, they're down on their knees and sprinkling holy water and crossing their, and crossing their chest and taking wafers. And, and they believe somehow that's going to get them to heaven. It's a lie. The devil, the devil has deceived them in that way. He's deceived, he's deceived them into religion. He's deceived a lot of people into superstition. They say, hey, there's people in these mountains. They believe that, that some kind of crazy superstition is going to, you know, it's going to make them all right. And uh, uh, Granny, she went to church and Mama went to church and everything's going to be all right with me and ain't nothing but a superstition. Uh, it's not going to get them to heaven when they die. And it's a deception of the devil himself. The devil has deceived them into those things. Think about that. Now, he's called a deceiver 
because he is the father of lies. Think about this. For those of a higher morality, he has deceived them through religion. For those that are the liberals in our age, he has deceived them in believing that environmentalism or tolerance is the, their higher being or higher purpose. It's the deception of the devil. For the conservatives, there's a lot of people that are sitting at home right now and they won't go to church, but they'll share every meme on Facebook about Jesus coming and Israel and every conspiracy theory and the devil has deceived them. If you're watching me today on Facebook Live and you've got no desire to be in church, you ought to hit your knees in front of your coffee table and ask God to save you. I'm going to tell you something's wrong when you don't have no desire to be in God's hands. I'm done playing. Time to preach. Time to preach. I'm telling you, the days of playing has gone. It's time for us to get serious about this thing. This could be our last service that we ever have at this church. I got an alert text on my phone before I was walking up in here, and it said that China is getting involved in what's going on in Israel. They've made a statement and said they think Israel's gone too far. They're going to get involved. I'm telling you, I can almost hear the sound of the trumpet. I'm telling you, it's time to quit playing games. The devil is in the deceiving business. So he's called the deceiver. Then he's called our adversary in 1 Peter 5 8. He's the great enemy of the church. I'll say something, a few things about him right here. He is not, he is not God. So he's not omnipresent. You see, God be everywhere at once. Satan has to be in one place at a time. Do you know that? People say, well, Satan's wrote me all week. Probably not. You probably have never done nothing to get his attention. He's got bigger fish to fry than you, quite likely. But he sets, in, he, sets in, he sets in motion a system that affects everybody. Now, I'll show you that here in a second. But he's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He don't know everything. Now, is he smart? Sure, he's been alive a long time and he's watched a lot of things. He's smart. But he's not all-knowing like God's all-knowing. And he's not omnipotent. That means he cannot. He is not all powerful. Uh, we, we see it right here in this verse. Uh, I'm glad I know who's on the winning side. Uh, and I'm glad I'm on the winning side. Thank God. Hallelujah. But Satan, Satan is the adversary of the church. You know who it is this morning that's fighting the service? It's that spirit. It's that, 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 that spirit and those things that he's put into motion that are resisting the preaching and the proclamation of the gospel. He instituted a worldwide system that preys on all of us through the lust of flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Every last one of us. And you know why he does it? He wants to make your testimony ineffective. He wants to bring your worship to a halt. And he wants to rob you of the peace that is available to you in Christ. He knows if you're saved, he can't do anything about taking you to hell. So he wants to destroy every church member that he possibly can while he's here on earth. We need to get our head out of the sand. Satan is destroying everybody he can destroy. That's the truth. That's the truth. He wants to destroy every ministry. He wants to destroy every church leader. He wants to destroy every young person. That's what he's, he's the adversary. But then he's also called the accuser of the brethren. 
Revelation chapter number 12, verse number 10, he's referred to as the accuser of the brethren. So if all that's not bad enough, we know from the book of Job that Satan has access to the throne room of God. And you know what his job is? Look right here. Which accused them before our God day and night. The accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. And so even though he can't take me to hell, you know what he does? He stands before God and says, God, do you see what Bradley did? Do you see that thought he had? Do you see that thing he said? Do you see that temper, that temper tantrum he throwed? And he's continually accusing us before God. He's accusing us day and night. Anybody else ready to see him gone? Anybody else hate the devil? Every little old kid that's been molested, you know who done that? The devil did. Every little baby that's been murdered, you know who done that? The devil did. Everybody that's been raped, you know who done that? The devil. That's the devil's work. Everybody's been robbed and murdered and maimed and all these terrorist attacks and every bit of that. You know who's, you know who's responsible for that? The devil. So I'm not going to be sad how to see that feller cast in the lake of the fire. I'll be glad to see him gone. Won't you? I said I'll be glad when the devil's gone. I'll be glad he's gone. I don't deal this morning with his doom. So we've seen his descent. We've seen his description. Now I don't deal this morning with his doom. Now I'm telling you, if it don't do something for you, all to get in this altar and, and, and make sure you're saved. Because if you like me, I've had about enough of that fellow. I've had enough. I've seen enough out of him. I'm ready for him to be gone. Now let's go back to Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 10. Well, I can't go there just yet. Stay in, go back to Revelation 12. I, I can't stay there just yet. Because Satan's doom happens in stages. I'll show you something right here that's, if, you, if you'll stay with me, you'll get a blessing. Let me show you some things right here. Revelation chapter number 12, verse number 1. The Bible said, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head were 12 stars, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast him to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. And she had no place prepared of God that she should feed 1,203 score days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. I like that. And prevailed not. Neither was there place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out of the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto death. Now 
Here's a woman in Revelation 12. Y'all with me now? Stay with me. Come on now. Stay with me. Revelation chapter number 12, it's one of four women we see in the book of Revelation. We see a scarlet woman uh, who uh, represented paganism. Uh, we see another woman that represents uh, apostate religion. Uh, we see another woman uh, that represents the church, the bride of Christ. Uh, but here in Revelation chapter number 12, uh, we see a woman that's pregnant with a child. Now, who is it? She's bringing forth, the Bible says, a man child. Now, there's some indications about who she is says that there's, a, there's 12 stars and there's a sun and a moon. Now, what would that tell us about it? Well, do y'all remember when Joseph had his dream? Way back in the book of Genesis. I'm glad God wrote the Bible. All the way back in the book of Genesis, uh, when Joseph had that dream uh, and he went to Jacob, uh, he said, I saw 11 stars uh, and I saw the sun and the moon uh, and they all bowed down to me. Uh, and Jacob took that to understand uh, that he meant the children of Israel. Uh, and so I tell you who this woman is that's getting ready to bring forth this child. Uh, it is the nation of Israel. Uh, and guess Guess what the child is? The child is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Revelation chapter number 12, it's kind of like an overview of the battle between good and evil throughout all of the years. And so what happens is this. My friend over here on this side, over in heaven, that's important to understand. The word heaven there means in the air. And so what happens is you have this woman and she's going to bring forth this child. Well, the devil says, I've got to do something about it. I can't allow her. I can't allow Israel to bring forth this Messiah. And so she, he's sitting there waiting to devour. And all through the years, Brother Neil, he's tried to devour that seed. He tried to kill off that seed. I'm thinking about during the time of Esther, how did he cooked up that plan? And he was going to kill all of the Jews. You know why he did that? Because he wanted to destroy the seed. But he was not able. And one blessed morning, my friend in Bethlehem's town, hey, a baby cried. I was born in a manger and his name was Jesus. They called him Emmanuel because he said he would save his people from the sin. I'm glad to report to you today the devil could not stop the birth. And then they put him on Calvary and crucified him but that didn't work either because on the third and appointed day he got out victorious. Amen. Over death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible said right here in Revelation chapter number 12 that he brought him up to the throne of God. Hallelujah. And so, hey, look what the Bible said right here in verse number 11. How is it that we overcome this old devil? They overcame him how? By the blood. Hey, by the blood. I said by the blood of the Lamb. I'm glad to report to you this morning that I'm an overcomer. Are you an overcomer? I've overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Woo, hallelujah. Now watch this right here. So there's the defeat. He's defeated. He's defeated in the battle of heaven. Then here uh, we see also not only is he defeated in the battle of heaven, but look what this, there's a second part of this. Look at Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 2. Look what, look what happens here. The Bible said, and he laid hold. Let's start in verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. I don't know who this angel is. Some commentators said it could be Christ. I don't know who the angel is. But whoever it was, 
he comes down at the end of the tribulation period and he's got a chain and he just grabs the old devil up. He throws the cuffs on him. He opens up the bottomless pit and he kicks him over in there and he said, you stay in there a little while. Locks him up. Hey, I'm telling you something. Oh boy, the devil thinks he's something, but I'm glad, hey, God's got his number every single time. Throws him in the bottomless pit. And then we set up, those of us that are saved, here's what's going to happen. I'll deal with a little more, maybe in depth tonight, I don't know. But here's what's going to happen for a thousand years. You and I are coming back to this literal earth. If you're saved, if you're saved, we're coming back to this literal earth. Now, if, if you're not saved, this thousand years you'll spend in hell. But those of us that are saved, you know why I ain't worried about what's happening in Israel? Now, I'm going to share some thoughts on it tonight because I want you to be up to date in knowledge. But I don't, hey, that don't, got, that don't have me unnerved. You know why? Because, hey, if the Lord shouts today, I'm going home. Amen. Hey. Amen. <laughs> hey, man. Woo, hallelujah. Hey, but you see, for a thousand years, we're going to rule and reign. We're going to come back to this earth. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And Brother Marvin, he may go with me. That'd be all right. I'd invite him to go. I'm going to fish the Wilson boundary. <laughs> Frank said he's going to. Hallelujah. Millennial rain, you looking for me and Frank and Marvin, we'd be up on, the fish, up on the Wilson boundary with our fishing poles. That's right. Hey, some of you won't play. I heard Brother Jeremy Simpson say he's going to play one of them big golf courses over in Scotland. He's going to play a big golf course. I don't know. I, but, of course, it's probably going to be hard to get us out of Jerusalem because we're just going to be around where the throne is. I, that, that's probably the truth. We're probably going to spend a thousand years around Jerusalem. That temple worship's going to be reinstated. I, I, I don't want to get into tonight's message, but uh, that, that temple worship's going to be reinstated. And for a thousand years, the devil is going to be gone. We're going to live on this planet without the death. Amen. Amen. Then after that, after that thousand years, the Bible said here in Revelation chapter number 20 that he's got to be loose for a little season. Now, why in the world turn him loose? Those thousand years that there's going to be babies born on this earth for a thousand years. Nobody's going to die. And after that, after that thousand years, he's going to be loosed to tempt them. And to prove to you that a man is not just a product of his environment, He's going to deceive them into following him. And there's going to be one last war before the devil's taken. That's amazing to me. That them children could live a thousand years under the reign of Christ. and st- You talk about a powerful devil. You think a devil ain't powerful? He's going to come out of that bottomless pit and deceive that, that, those, those bunch of kids that were born, or at least the majority of them. He's going to deceive them into following him anyhow. But then we come to Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 10. Verse number 10. And here is the final end. <laughs> and the devil, that, anybody's tired of the devil? I said, anybody tired of the devil? I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of what he's done in my life. I am. I'm, hey, I'm sick of having to walk this, having to walk this aisle and getting that altar and apologize to God. I'm sick of it. Amen. Hey, I'm sick, of, I'm sick of that system that he's put in place, riding on my back all the time, all the time up in my face, uh, causing me to do things that the man inside of me does not want to. I am sick of it. I, I'm ready for it to be over. I, I'll be glad when he's gone. Amen. 
Watch this. The devil that deceived them is cast like fire and brimstone. So, first of all, I want you to see his casting. I want you to see his casting. The Bible said the devil that deceived them was cast. Was cast. <laughs> I like that terminology, Brother Neil. I like it. Because it leads me to believe that one of these days, put your Bible up, son, devil, that, that the Lord's going to grab the old devil. He's going to grab the old devil. He's going to say, all right, everybody's had enough of you, pal. And he's going to cast him. I wish I could pick this boy up. I, he's too big to pick up anymore. But he's going to pick him up. And he's cast him. <laughs> I'm going to go on record as saying that the devil don't hold a chance against the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He go casting. But then look, not only is casting, but look at his company. Where the beast and the false prophet are. Now, I didn't even deal with them in this message. But they hold, prominent, they hold a prominent place during the tribulation period and causing a lot of problems. They're going to be in the lake of fire too. With the beast. And then... Look at the continuance of it. The Bible says, and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Uh, hey, the devil may mess with me now, Brother Marvin, uh, but I know what his end is. Uh, he's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire uh, while I'm in heaven having a ball. Uh, the devil is going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. And so I told you this morning that I'm preaching on the devil's obituary. So I took a little liberty and I wrote it for you. I wrote the devil's obituary. And I'd like to share it with you now. Here's the devil's obituary. Dead and gone is old Satan. Satan, otherwise known as Beelzebub, Lucifer, the prince of darkness, or the devil was cast in the lake of fire and is gone forever. The devil was preceded in eternal death by the beast and the false prophet. During his years as the prince and the power of the air, he enjoyed wreaking havoc on mankind. His accomplishments include the slaughter of millions of babies, the start of three world wars, an endless stream of violence and murders, the molestation of millions of innocent children, uh, countless overdoses, and the destruction of lives, homes, and ministries all over the world. Surviving him is no one. Surviving him is no one as every last one of his children were promptly judged at the great white throne judgment and cast into the eternal lake of fire with him. Listen to this. Despite all his power, despite all his power that he had while on the earth, he is now just another scream in the region of the damned. Gone is his power to corrupt the saved and doom humanity. Gone is his power to shape world events and harm the innocent. Never again will anyone walk an aisle to repent of sin. God has been disappointed his last time. Man will be deceived no more. Satan is dead. 
I'll read you some verses that I didn't read. This time I'm going to close. Look at verse number 11. And I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There's found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books according to the works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'll show you this. I'm going to be done. There's coming a day when the judge of the universe is going to sit on the great white throne. Judge of the universe. First thing he's going to do, Brother Allen, is he's going to cast Satan into the lake of fire. Everybody in here can say hallelujah. But then there's going to be millions of people, Brother Gary, that are Satan's children. They never bothered to have a relationship with Christ. They never bothered to get saved. They thought they could play a game. They thought that they could get by on, you know, saying a few good things, attending church every now and again. They get by on that. Play games, play games, and now they're standing before the great white throne judgment. I know Joe, he works in the course. I've been up court enough. I know the power a judge has. Oh, boy, you stand before the judge and the gavel falls. There's nothing else to be said. Once the gavel falls, that's the end of it. The defense attorney can stand and say, whoa, wait a minute. It's too late. Once a gavel falls, I'm telling you it's unreal the power and authority that a judge has. That gavel falls and it's too late for anybody. Person after person going to stand before the judge. It's a great white throne judgment. The great judge is going to say, check the book. The book will be checked. No name found. And the judge of the universe is going to say, cast in the lake of fire. Cast in the lake of fire. Cast in the lake of fire. There's going to be some that are going to say, We cast out devils in your name. We did many wondrous works. The judge of the universe is going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. In the same place that the devil went is where you're going. You see, if you're here tonight or this morning, you're saved. You can say, hallelujah, the devil's gone. Hallelujah, the devil's obituary. I'm going to live in a land where the devil is no more. But if you leave this world lost, or if you wait till the rapture of the church, it's too late. You know what's going to happen? You're going to spend eternity where the devil is and where God is not. Can I 
Can I make a, a serious aside right here? Because this is on my mind. Been on my mind. And I'm going to give it all a call. If you're here today and you're lost, I'm serious. Don't you listen to me, man. You know you ain't saved and you done made up your mind you ain't going to move today to get saved. You're going to risk it, chance it, try to get by with it. Can I ask a favor? And I'm serious. I ask a favor of you. Because I got to think about this this morning. This is, this is how my mind works. I'm crazy. This morning I got up and fed my dogs. I love my dogs. But they ain't going to heaven. And I got thinking, what's going to go with my dogs after I get out here in the rapture? And that bothered me. So if you're here today and you're lost, you got your mind made up, I am not going to. Would you do me a favor when all of us disappear, would you please feed my dogs? I mean that. I'm serious. Now we laugh back, but I'm serious. Would you please, because that would make me feel a little bit better to know that at least somebody I knew was going to take. And you can have anything at my house. Keys are in my blue truck. Keys are almost always in my white truck. There's a safe down there in my building. If you can figure out how to get it open, you're going to have several years to work on it, figure out how to get it open. You can have all the guns in it. Go get my stuff. If you're not going to, if you're not going to get saved, please go get my stuff right off and take my dogs with you. I mean that. I, I would feel better about it knowing that somebody I at least knew had that stuff. And, and blow it out. Have a ball for three years because you ain't going to get it right. Somebody said, should I take the mark of the beast right off? If I missed the rapture, I'd take it the first day. Because you're eventually going to take it. You say, well, I'll endure to the end. Honey, you won't wait until lunchtime to eat. You've got to have a snack before lunchtime. Huh? You've got to have a snack before lunchtime. You really think you're going to go seven years without being able to buy anything at the store. You're going to never make it. Suppose you'd take it right off the bat. Really, what I'd do is I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it. This stuff's happening. It's snowballing out of control. Who knows what happens tomorrow? Who knows what happens the next day? But one of these days, what I'm reading to you right here is going to happen. Going to stand before the great white throne judgment. He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Oh, it's too late to play around. It's too late to take any chances. Uh, I'd get saved. I'd get saved today. I'd come to know Christ today. Uh, while it was as easy as putting your faith in Him, I'd come to know Him today. Let's stand to our feet. Scarlet's going to come sing for us. Justice will come, or Gabe will come play. Stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for prayer. I'm glad there's a day coming when the devil is going to be gone. I'm glad that there's a day coming when there'll be no more tempter. But, Lord, I got some friends. I got some friends in this room that I'm really concerned about. And I sure would hate to see them die and go to hell. So I'm praying. I'm praying this morning, Lord. Oh, I'm begging. For the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. I pray as this first verse is sung. 
Lord, that they would slip out of their pew. Oh, I'd love to see several move out of their pews this morning who don't want to risk dying and going to hell and come and get a relationship with you. Lord, would you convict their hearts right now? We'll thank you in advance for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Her heads are bowed, her eyes are closed. You said, preacher, I'm done playing. This thing's getting too real. It's getting too serious. It's getting too soon. And I'm not entirely sure if I died tonight. I'm not entirely sure if the Lord came tonight that I'm ready. But I want to be. Have Scarlett sing this song. Come to Jesus. That's what we ask you to do this morning. Just come to Jesus. Folks all over the building this morning, under conviction. Time to quit playing. You're going to go that same lake of fire as the devil. Why don't you slip out right now and come? On this first verse, she's going to sing. She's going to sing. On this first verse, why don't you slip out and I'm going to meet you right here in the altar and we're going to pray and we're going to get took care of today. She's singing.